Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other Christian arts. We are delighted to be in the studio today, and we've got a familiar voice, a familiar face with us, and that is our good friend and brother, Scott Zaccaroli. are gone The world has moved on But the situation is still the same Complete devastation A whole generation In such desperation For something to change, change They can't wait for tomorrow We've got to do something today It isn't the will of their Heavenly Father That they should be living this way Dying this way Can't wait It could have been you It could have been me It could be our children Living on these streets The need is so great We can't hesitate Scott Zaccaroli, we're so glad to have you in the studio with us, buddy. Awesome. Great to be here. It's great to have you. We we were together when you did your first project, which was Wake Me Up, and a great response to that. You've sent us several songs since then, and then now we're back with this new project, The Time Is Now. Give us the story behind this title and the concept for this project. Well, you know, we, we sort of comb through the songs. We look at, you know, what would be the title track or what's the, the concept of this whole record. And uh, there's a song in there called Time, and that, that uh, phrase is actually lifted out of that song. But uh, as the body of work developed, um, you know, it sort of became evident that we, we picked that as a phrase and thought that's a great, that's a great sound uh, for, for the whole record. And, and more and more of the tracks seem to point to the urgency of the message that we have and with everything that's going on in our world, that message just becomes that much more pointed. Yeah. 
and urgent. Uh, we discussed the uh, you and I discussed the first track that we were going to to play. Um, they can't wait is uh, is very much about that urgency, uh, you know, and really refers uh, directly to some of the stuff that's going on uh, here in the New York area right now. And how relevant? I mean, we we have. Uh, and we'll talk about the the history of that song, and that song has a history. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it changed as of last night. Yeah, a that's bit, right. right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, uh, we we are on the tail end of, but yet still dealing with the effects of Hurricane Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, on the tail end of a, an election here in our country, mm-hmm. uh, and so so many things that are happening and have happened. New York was affected by by the storm. New Jersey was affected by the storm. Uh, parts of Connecticut affected by the storm. And uh, just just horrific um, circumstances. But when that song was birthed, you originally wrote it for what had taken place in Haiti a couple of years ago. That's that right? right. And how did the... T- tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the, you know, the whole concept of it was Haiti can't wait for tomorrow. We've got to do something today. Uh, this was... I went there right after their earthquake. Mm-hmm. And it was so evident that this was not one of those, um, you know, slow boiling emissions projects that uh, we'll we'll try and feed and support, you know, month in month out. Uh, the de- the situation was so desperate right. uh, because there were so many deaths on a daily basis as a result of everything that happened that the song was written and there was a video created to accompany it to really try and um, initiate as much response as much immediate response as possible because they got a tremendous amount of press when everything happened and then as the song says you know the cameras left right right the press was gone on to the next uh you know urgent situation somewhere else in the world um, and yet nothing had really been done uh and it seemed like the average person kind of went back to their normal lives yeah and and, you know just honestly i had gone back to my normal life until somebody said would you go down there and visit the mission write a report, cruise around, get involved in the work a little bit, and come back and tell us what you see. So you were on the ground. I was walking around uh, in total disbelief, you know, trying to keep a straight face because, oh, yeah, I've been to third world countries before. I've done all of my humanitarian good works and all that. And yet inside I was screaming because I had never seen anything like this. I grew up in South Africa, so I was accustomed to going out into areas that were less developed and sort of seeing how life is when uh, there isn't an infrastructure. But but that was an absolute shocker to walk around, uh, you know, eight, this was eight or nine months after the earthquake and uh, and see the desperation, the disease and everything that was going on. Yeah. That was almost, that was over two years ago. A couple of years ago. I was there just last year, okay. October. Okay. And there's still over 100,000 people living in tents in 10 cities. It's, 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 in fact, it's way over 100,000. Yeah. But the area that I was in, there, there were a little over 100,000 people. Yeah. At least that was the number. Yeah. That was given us, and that was already over a year, uh, going on two years sure. after the event. Right, and uh, and I'll be honest with you, I I had no burden to go to Haiti at the time we were going. Right. A number of things were happening. In fact, we were in our own little storm here in in New York again mm-hmm. <laughs> at the first of October. I think that was when we right. got that surprise snowstorm and knocked power out for a week. <laughs> and uh, I dreaded leaving my wife and the kids. Uh, at home that week, uh, but I got generator running and I had to jump on the plane. I was already yeah, booked yeah. and got to Haiti and uh, a myriad of things happened yeah. while I was away. The generator failed after a few days and they were off to the other oh, house. No. It was just a nonstop. <laughs> so I was really feeling bad about being in Haiti. Uh, but getting on the ground was just, uh, like you said, it was it was something that I was not prepared for spiritually, emotionally. Uh, it was really, really, really bad yeah, after yeah. all that time. 
And uh, today, here we are in 2012, and it really, for a lot of people, for over you know, nearly a quarter of a million people, it really hasn't gotten any better. Right. You know, and so, right. yeah, the time is now, uh, and Haiti can't wait. But we talked about this song and uh, the purpose behind it, and then realized that we were in the middle of some circumstances right here in, in, in America right. uh, as recent as last week. So the song began to change. Yeah, you know, this was a, uh, we took a trip out to Staten Island, we got to see it firsthand, you know, start to rip out some of that moldy sheetrock and yeah. and look around at what was hauntingly like, I don't want to say it was uh, to the degree of Haiti, but the devastation was so much more widespread than you'd find in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few very famous neighborhoods for, you know, massive destruction of 100 homes in, in one particular place and uh, tremendous loss in places on the shore. But here we are in our own backyard in, in Staten Island, um, wow. and we have literally thousands of homes that you cannot live in. Wow. Uh, you walk in them, and you're overwhelmed by the smell of mold, and you can see that the, the sheetrock is, is destroyed. The basement's still full of water. Uh, the people are standing there helpless. Um, I think they're a little dazed because they're sort of overwhelmed at the scale of what's just happened to them. Mm. They don't even really know where to start. Yeah. And you walk up as a team of volunteers and say, "Can we help you?" And, and you know, they'll, the answer is, yeah, yes, you can help me. I'm just not even sure where to start." Thankfully, there's people there to say, "You got to go in and you got to gut this house. You basically need to gut the entire house down to the studs because it's going to get dangerous now with this mold sure, because it's sure. it's growing so quickly." So here we are doing all this, and I'm thinking, you know, that that was a song that it had a lot of traction on behalf of Haiti. We did a film. There were a few organizations that picked it up and used it and, and uh, used it in different parts of the world to help develop, um, you know, some financial help. But the song was very specific to a very specific need in that one country. And yet the call uh, on the part of the Christian in the song is for any situation you find yourself in where the need is now. Right. Where, where God's instruction is, you don't have to sit down and, and have a long prayer meeting about right. it. It's standing right in front of me. These people are dying. Or these people are going to be very sick, or very soon they're going to freeze yeah. uh, here in New York. Um, so there was an urgency, and I thought, you know, would we be able to maybe make a few small adjustments to the song? And boy, I'd love to cut together a film of what's happening right here and get New Yorkers and people in Jersey and Long Island and stuff. Let's have a look at what's going on right down the street. Um, so, you know, with a couple of minor adjustments, yeah, this the song seems to apply itself here. And really, I hope anytime there's any Christian who's standing in a situation that is that desperate, they might say, hey, can I grab that song, throw some pictures to it, and show it to my congregation? Mm-hmm. Can I run it? This, this, uh, the Haiti track around on the radio here in the New York area. Uh, it would be great to have anybody for any situation be able to take the song and say, yeah. you know, the message is, is relevant here. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we've, got, we've got tragedies, hurricanes, uh, desperate situations that are taking place around the world uh, all the time yeah yeah if when i say to you uh we are the world what comes to mind we are the world a huge uh studio full of rock stars hanging out singing what was a very catchy beautiful song that i think at the time uh made it hit the mark um but but i big piece uh, oh yeah but something you said that struck me so well, and I, I spoke about this a little while ago, is that as great as it was, and as much money as it raised, over $100 million, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of CDs were sold. Mm-hmm. That song, I mean, I was in high school. Sure. We sang that song on my high school graduation. So oh, it was yeah. big. But it didn't necessarily put boots on the ground. Right. A lot of those people in the studio, 
never got on the ground. Right. And and what I love about what you just said is that you were there. You you not only sang about it, but you went into these homes. Yeah. You put your boots on, you put your work shoes on, and you got on the ground. And so a lot of times, uh, and our, people who are listening to us today will 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 witness to the fact that we've said this on the program quite a bit, sure. is that just because we sing about it doesn't necessarily mean that we are willing to go and do what we're telling other people to go and do. That's right. You put your feet on the ground, and I really, really appreciate it. That is music with a mission. That is the epitome of music uh, with a mission. We're going to come right back with a little more with Scott Zaccaroli. When I think about my life And everything I long to do It's amazing how it all Keeps pointing back to you If I could put it down on paper If I had to make a list And try to sum it all up I think it would sound something like this To be your lover and your friend By your side To the end In sickness or in health In poverty or wealth If we should live to be a hundred Or if we die before our time It's enough for me to know I am yours and you are mine It's enough for me to know I am yours and you Everything that we have seen I can't believe what a joy What an honor it has been To walk by your side Be with you day by day I am reminded of the promise And the covenant I made To be your lover and your friend By your side To the end In sickness or in And we're back with Scott Zaccaroli. So glad to have you, man. Just powerful stuff that the Lord's using you to do. We went to this break uh, on the song Your Mind was playing. Tell us a little bit about that. That's a, it's a, a fun one. It was actually something I wrote directly to my, my wife uh, at our 20th year wow. anniversary. Congratulations. Wrote her this song. She had no idea what I was up to. I said, I'm working late tonight. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm running into the studio and working on the song. And I, you know, grabbed a bunch of photographs from the 20 years and played it for her on our, our 20th anniversary. Um, and, uh, you know, I included it on the record with her permission and really because it's, I think, an affirming, uh, an, an affirmation of marriage. Mm. Uh, you know, you see all the all the headlines of divorce rates and all the things that are happening, the redefinition of of marriage and everything that's going on in the public square. And then also, you know, the divorce in the church is as high as it is. And you hear all these things. Right. What you don't hear are the stories of people that are uh, demonstrating that what God promised can be completely trusted Absolutely. if we do it his way. Right. Millions of couples that are enduring decades of hardship and trial and raising kids and going through financial difficulties, and they are inseparable. Right. And they are uh, such a stark contrast to all the bad headlines. Yeah. You can turn and you can get such hope and affirmation 
by looking at the way that they've said, God has a way for us to do this. And if we do it his way, not only do we stay together, but we stay together in love and in joy. Mm -hmm. And this really is the greatest relationship you can have with a person on on the planet. Uh, Television likes to depict marriage as the ball and chain and go on and on and guys cheating on their wives and vice versa and the headlines and everything else. Um, We don't hear enough uh, of the other side of the story uh, of stuff that's really working uh, in a lot of in a lot of homes. Your music a lot of times speaks to the church. Um, it encourages, but it also speaks directly to some of the issues yeah. that we all know exist in the church. Um, and a lot of times people see the church of Jesus Christ as supposed, uh, you know, it's supposed to be this perfect group of people That's who right. do it all right, who yeah. have successful Squeaky marriage. Clean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they don't realize, you know, what, that, that, that such were some of us, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, broken and messed up and, and, and disgusted and busted, you know. Sure. Um, but you saw a lot, of, a lot of them speak to the church. They, they uh, at times admonish the church. Uh, they encourage the church, you know, and then they edify the church. But but it's straight in your face. It's it's it, it, you know what I mean. Where where, where did yeah. you get that mandate? If you if, if I can call it that, I think that that comes from. Um, I, I'm not sure that I could say that's so intentional that I sat down and set out to do that. I think it more is a case of I am a writer by by trade, but um, it's more a case of um, in some ways a reaction to uh, so much music that. Uh, it, I tap my foot, but I'm not sure what it's saying. Uh, yeah. Where's this going? It rhymes well. There's a lot of you know fun in it, and I'm I'm having a good time listening to it. And once in a while, I'll come across an old hymn, and I'll get three verses in, and I'm crying because it's it's so packed with depth that uh, you know we stand in the congregation sometimes, and we do we sing a lot of great contemporary uh, stuff, and occasionally we'll we'll trip over one of those old hymns and. Uh, it leaves you kind of speechless because it has so much content that you almost feel convicted. Should I really be singing the words to this song if I don't mean it? And um, I guess my hope is that music can can play the same role that preaching can play, but just in a different format. That it it really should call us to accountability. It really can speak to us and encourage us when we're really really hurting. Um, it, you know, it really can get us get our boots on the ground, get off the couch. North American Christian, <laughs> that you know, maybe music can play a little bit of that role. Uh, that, that I've been blessed by uh, many artists who do write that way. Um, now you're married twenty years, going on twenty five soon. Amen. Wow, <laughs> That's right. Several kids, three, three kids, three kids, all girls. No, two. No, old, the two older ones are boys. Oh, two boys. Okay. Yeah, one in college, one in high school, and then a little girl. I I came down to our seniors meeting some months ago. And saw you, one of your daughters, your daughter. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure who the other young lady Two girls was. that came from the West Coast. They're out visiting. You guys were ministering to the, to the seniors. Yeah. You sing with your daughter. Yeah. Well, when, she, when she's willing. <laughs> yeah, when she's willing. You know, okay. There have been times where I've been in a service with a guitar, and, and uh, two songs in, I'll say, I'm going to ask Sarah to come forward, and she'll look at me and be like, you are joking. <laughs> And Sarah's going to sing this song with me, and she stands up, and if looks could kill, and I just smile. <laughs> but once she gets going, she's totally into it. Yeah. 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 Now, the girls from the West Coast, just friends of the family? Or? Friends of the family, and as a matter of fact, one of them is on our way out here uh, in about a week for us to sort of launch this new record. We're going to do it together down in Washington. We're starting down there in D.C., and uh, we're going to do it, just the two of us together. Uh, wonderful singer and guitar player. Awesome. 
Yeah, so we're going to just do a little un, little unplugged kind of a acoustic thing. And, nice. Yeah. Tell us about the song Still. This is a song that I think um, uh, anybody who's been a Christian for any amount of time can relate to the the moment in time when I know what I'm supposed to do, raise my hands, praise the Lord, read my Bible, pray, but I'm so gutted right now by what's happening in my life that I got nothing. Um, when we go to church and everyone's jumping up and down, and we're praising the Lord and hallelujah clapping, and, and uh, but inside I'm sitting there saying, like, uh, I, I feel nothing. I'm dying inside. Uh, sometimes people will come to an impasse that no amount of counseling or scripture or even prayer can reach. Uh, and this song is really about let's be very, very candid and brutally honest with each other. We all get there once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what to say. I can't even pray. Uh, that it's okay. The song is about even God knows that that we come to those impasses and we can just sit and be quiet. We don't have to bring anything except exactly who we are, exactly how we are. Uh, and, it, and it's acceptable when we're just honestly before Him. I got nothing, Lord. I can only sit here. This song is be still in His presence and know He's near. You don't have to speak for Jesus to hear. That we don't always have to have our lips slapping. Uh, he can sense the urgency and cry in the heart. And we have permission, I think, at times to sit silently before him and just weep. Uh, that, that there's, a, there's a point for every Christian where uh, that's going to happen. And sometimes, I think for some Christians, it's going to happen a lot. Uh, because stuff, I've heard stories and I've had people sit down and tell me, this is what my life has been and, and I've just been speechless. And to think, how could one human face this much difficulty? Um, and that I think God uh, really accepts the heart that just sits before him and says, you know, I can't even move, I can't even breathe. And I think his response is, you don't have to. Just be quiet and let me speak into your life. Let me just love you for where you are, who you are, and ultimately give you the strength then to stand up and go on. And that's really the song. Let him bind up your wounds and revive you again Let the words of your Savior comfort your soul Heal your heart, make you whole Just be still in his presence, know he is near You don't have to speak for Jesus to hear. He knows every thought and he feels what you feel. So be still. Just be still in His presence Know He is near You don't have to speak For Jesus to hear He knows every thought And He feels what you feel Just be still in His presence Jesus to hear 
knows every thought And he feels what you feel So be still God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God is good. His power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. On October 29th, the largest Atlantic hurricane on record made landfall in New Jersey, causing massive devastation throughout the tri state area. Times Square Church is partnering with churches, government, local, and relief organizations to provide assistance and resources to those affected by Hurricane Sandy. Volunteers will be needed over the next several weeks, from assisting in temporary shelters to providing medical care and working in cleanup crews throughout New York and New Jersey. To find out what you can do to help, visit tscnyc.org and click on Hurricane Sandy Relief. The needs are evolving rapidly, and new volunteer opportunities are posted daily, so check back often. It's one of the most powerful weapons that Satan has against you. Once he has gotten you with fear, then he will take your faith. Because fear is actually the opposite of faith. The Lord said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now fear is when we look at the size of the opposition that we have to encounter and dismay comes when we look inside and don't see enough strength to fight the battle. And God's word was don't let fear or dismay get a hold of you because it's not about you. It's about Christ in us. That's the good news. Paul says to Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Fear not. When that simple word gets into your heart, that's where the sound mind comes from. Fear not. I don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Face your fears and overcome them by the power of God. Face them now. It's very hard to get right with God in a season of panic. There are going to be many things in the future that are going to cause fear. And some things are causing fear today. But for the child of God, God says to you, fear not. That's where your sound mind will come from. Fear not. I know what fear can do. I was paralyzed by it for over nine years. But I know when I came to Christ and made a choice of going all the way with Him and walking with Him, there's no fear in my heart. If you will make that choice, you'll be astounded at the power of God that is available for you. Power, love, and a sound mind. That's what comes from God. And it only comes from God. It only comes from God. 
Pastor Carter Conlon's new book, Fear Not, Living Courageously in Uncertain Times, is now available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, and wherever Christian books are sold. We're back, and we're having a wonderful, wonderful conversation with our good friend Scott Zaccaroli. And, man, you, you minister. You do. You minister because you're not just a writer. I mean, I know you're a writer by profession, by trade, uh, uh, but you minister. You, you, you've experienced some things. You've experienced the Lord. You, you know his goodness. You, you have, you've encountered, uh, for lack of a better term, his presence. And that's also become evident. It's evident in your family. I've seen the family. I've seen your wife. I've seen your children. I've seen your boys. It's, it's evident. You're involved with, Times Square Church, but you're involved with the Roxbury. Uh, Actually, no, we have a we have a separate little house church at our at our home. Oh, that's yeah. With what's uh what's his name? There's uh, a handful of people from Eric Robertson right, and all those Eric, guys. Right, There's yeah. a bunch of Times Square Church people that are and, and others that are not part of this congregation that are up there that uh, attend yeah. with us. We that's, get together once a week and dive into the Word. And yeah, I think we we got together one one year at, at Jerry's house. Yeah. It was a New Year's Eve, I think yeah, it was, that's or right. something. And, and uh, I'm still waiting for my visit, Greg, <laughs> our honorary guest. Now it's public. You can't I, get I out can't of it. I can't hang with you guys, man. I'm not, I'm not that acoustic, you know? <laughs> but, man, you, but you minister, and I really, really, really do appreciate it. You've got this song called Time. So this is a song that is, um, again, you know, we, we keep talking about the urgency of the, of the message. Um I remember reading once the story of D.L. Moody when he preached uh, a message to his congregation and then said, think about that and come back next week and let's talk about it. And then he stepped outside and the Chicago fire had started and he lost a large portion of his congregation. And he decided that night, I will never preach the gospel without an urgent cry, an invitation uh, to get people to make the decision right now. Uh, because they may not be able to even get outside the doors. Uh, So this really is a song, um, you know, the first line is, we live as if tomorrow is somehow guaranteed. We make our plans and go our way and talk so carelessly. And, you know, the last thing I want to do is be thumping somebody, you know, my finger in their chest saying, hey, when are you going to decide? I shouldn't say that's the second last thing I want to do. The last thing I want to do is know that I have an opportunity to draw somebody to a place of decision and then not take that chance. But instead, say, eh, I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, when, when I may, in a conversation, have the opportunity to, to ask some of those questions, I'm going to attend a funeral tomorrow. Um, I was at a funeral once when a guy got up and um, he said something that I think stepped on a lot of toes. Hey, this is a funeral. Say a bunch of nice things about the person that died and let's all go home. But he stood there and said, this may be the only chance that you ever have to decide about what your life is going to, how your life is going to end. And I'm sorry that I'm taking advantage of the fact that you're all here in tears, but that's exactly why I'm saying what I'm saying, because it may be the only time you listen to me. Mm. And at first, I even was a little taken aback that this guy, with all these people grieving, would do this. But the more he spoke, the more I realized this was not somebody who was uh, berating the congregation. It was an appeal of love. Mm. He was touching them and pulling at their hearts to say, please, while you are tenderized and awake... Make a decision about your own life. This casket's going to be buried. We're going to move on. And this day will be gone. But your decision needs to be made. And people responded. Tough love, huh? I think there were some people offended. Uh, there were some people even after the fact that said, hey, man, why did that dude have to? Yeah. But I think there were a lot of people that said, you know what? Uh, what's to say that I'm going to 
Some insurance actuarial table says I should live to be 78. Uh, unfortunately, I see evidence all around me that I may have that that chance. So time is really, uh, you know, and it's all set in what is hopefully, a, you know, a, a, an easy to listen to melody. But uh, it's not a song that was written to be easy to listen to. It's a song um, that hopefully will cause someone to sit up and go, hmm, you know what? I, I'm sick and tired of wondering. I need to make some decisions in my life. Provoking. Amen. Make you think. Time by Scott Zaccaroli. We live as if tomorrow is somehow guaranteed. We make our plans and go our way and talk so carelessly. But in one fearful moment, everything can change. A phone call or a news report and nothing is the same. What will it take? What will it be? It opens our eyes and brings us to our knees. God has offered so many chances before. We've got to respond before He closes the door. If our time is in His hands, the time is now to live as He There's one more song on the project that we want to talk about, and it's called Jerusalem. Tell us a little bit about that one. Well, that one, um, uh, that one just takes God's words words of Jesus and puts them to music. Um, I was not the author of that by any stretch of the imagination. It was really a case of me saying, Lord, I got all my ideas I want for my songs and I want to do a song about this and that. What do you want to say? And I was reading that passage. Um, and, you know, th- those are, those are uh, they're lamenting words. Uh, the heavy heart of Christ as he stood and he said, how often I have called to you and wanted to gather your children, but you turned away. You would not. And I think that I don't think, again, that that's a schoolmaster saying, well, that's right. it. Right. I think it's the burdened, bleeding heart of a Savior crying out, this is the way of life. Come the way of life. Uh, and the people folding their arms and saying, I don't want to. I don't want to do with you. Mm-hmm. I sat down and began to work on that. Um, and it took an interesting turn, which was... Um, there are certain patterns and themes that I think are reflective of the time we're living in as a country that uh, had its roots. I don't want to say we were a Christian nation at our beginning, mm-hmm. but we certainly were a people who were uh, making judgments as to right and wrong right. by a basic set of biblical principles. Absolutely. There's no there's no question of that. And while uh, some may argue and say, no, that's not a that's not a Christian document, um, if you read through the Declaration of Independence— mm-hmm. If you look at the Constitution, we hold these truths to be self-evident. We are endowed by our Creator with a capital C, as it appears. These are people that, in general, had a sense and a fear of God. Um, The song takes a turn to say, oh, America. Uh, You know, what a time we're living in. 
I don't uh, care where you stand on the uh, political spectrum or where you stand in in uh, in what what your sense of ethics and right and wrong may be. Everybody's sitting up right now, looking around, going, "Whoa, this is a tectonic shift in the way we think as a nation." Um, the church had definitely better be wide awake and recognize its place, its responsibility in these past couple of decades and our responsibility in the time to come. So, oh, America, I love you. I really think that is still God's cry to us as a nation and as a people in, in uh, the Western world. And uh, we don't want to fold our arms and turn our back and say, nah, we want to do just the opposite, like the people of Nineveh, and say, wow, we fall down before you and ask you mercy, please. To plead for your life But if you will turn back If you will see what you've done I will answer your cry Scott Zaccarelli. Scott, before we wrap it up, where do you feel the Lord sending you? Uh, but what do you feel the Lord calling you to now? I mean, what's what's next? Well, it's funny. I, you know, I know that you can edit this out if it's, I say something I shouldn't say, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you a story <laughs> that you might find funny. I found funny, and then I was horrified after I stopped laughing. I had a conversation with somebody who's a uh, very instrumental guy in contemporary radio, contemporary Christian radio. And uh, he, he listened to the music and he said, forget radio. And I laughed and said, why? And he said, because you're not young, blonde, and hot. <laughs> and then he laughed like it was the funniest thing he could have said. And I kind of found myself laughing and horrified at the same time. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, you, you're not really the package they're looking for. You don't have the, you're not a big ticket sale because you're not young, blonde, and hot. Um, so I thought to myself, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Why are any of us doing this? And that is in no way to question the stuff that I hear, because I love a lot of the contemporary Christian stuff I hear. 
I'm deeply moved by a lot of it. But it made me search my heart. What is my motive? Why am I sitting down with a guitar to do what I'm doing? I'm not going to ask that question about anybody else, but I certainly want to know in my own heart what I'm doing. And uh, so I sense the calling is to uh, anybody who wants to gather, let's get the the instruments out and let's minister. Let's wash the feet of two, twenty, ten thousand, whoever. And we're here to try and just take the word of God, put it to music and let it minister because that's where the life really is, is letting him do the work. So I think if I had to answer that question, it would be, uh, to be out there live as much as possible in any venue uh, that where a door opens, um, because I think there is something that happens in, in an environment like that where there can be presentation of music, sharing of the word, and really getting in touch with the people and conversation and fellowship uh, that that we really desperately need in, in this in this sort of this time right now. And though music is that universal language. The message is not always unique. It is the message is universal, but it takes a little more work to get people to you know who are not used to receiving it to yeah. sit down and listen to it. And I think that's what your music does. It gets people to stop and think. Well, I think we get away with something too, Greg, yeah. in music that a that a preacher doesn't have the oh, license. To, right. it, it's hard to stand up and and I'm going to just tell it to you straight. Mm-hmm. But we can sit there and we've got a nice melody, and you know people like it. Yeah, sure, man. Let me hear what you got. Right. They love the honesty of an artist that's really pouring out their heart and song. And uh, I can get away with stuff in my lyrics that um, uh, I think it's hard to sometimes uh, stand and say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people can internalize it and live with it. Uh, I actually had a guy say to me, uh, he was a a pastor, he is a pastor, um, and he said, if you go back over the years and listen to all the preaching of the great revivals and the music it was the music that stayed with the people afterwards. And he said the responsibility that the musician bears is in some cases heavier because it's going to linger on. What you say and what you play is going to linger on in the memories and the conscience of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he gave me a serious warning about integrity. And <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Because music doesn't secure the revival. No. It'll, it'll, it'll help kindle it. That's but right. It doesn't secure it. The Word yeah. of God secures it. Yeah. Um, Scott. It's it's always a pleasure, and I think you are the epitome of music with a mission. You said it well earlier that uh, when you spoke about the calling that God has on your life, and that is to be out there at any venue and sharing the gospel, putting it to music. Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet, and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Jungbin Kim, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we celebrate Thanksgiving with stories of God's grace in the midst of Superstorm Sandy. If ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present... 
and unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on Music with a Mission. Music with a Mission.